right, all right, all right. All right. Oh, home court event. <laughs> Appreciate you. Thank you, thank you. Appreciate you, sweetheart. Thank you, thank you. All right, how's everybody doing? Good, good, good. Let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for who you are in our lives, and we appreciate, once again, this opportunity for me to pour into these young people a second time for some, first time for others. But I pray, Lord, that you'll utilize me and use me in, a, in an amazing way like you've never had before. We thank you, Lord, for this time that we can really understand what it means um, to be whole, what it means to endure tough times. And with that being said, I come against every demonic spirit that may be trying to war against myself, these young people. I come against every type of demonic entity that may try to come against my family in retaliation. I counsel all your plots and schemes in the name of Jesus. With that being said, God, we thank you for that authority and that authority executed in your son's name. We thank you. Amen. My title for today is Soul Wounds. Soul Wounds. How to heal the deep wounds of the soul. How to heal the deep wounds of a soul. Let me first define what a soul wound is. A soul wound is a difficult, traumatizing, or negative experience or set of experiences that causes you mental and psychological pain. This pain goes on and on, some lasting weeks, months, or even years, if the wound is deep enough. Like I said earlier in chapel, you are a three-part being. You are a spirit, you are, so you have a soul, and you live in a body. We talked about that your spirit houses things that cannot be removed. God, when he formed you in your mother's womb, when he knitted you, he placed these things in your spirit, man. He placed your unique personality. He placed your character. He placed your gifts and talents. He placed in you uh, eternity for you to be able to discern uh, your need for a savior. He placed in you values, morals, and standards. Those things are already knitted and formed and fashioned into your spirit man. Now, your soul is the areas that is wounded. Your soul comprises of these six things, your thoughts, your memories, your ideas, your perspectives, your knowledge, and your emotions. Your last part, the part that's mostly fed but is, is obviously um, um, addicting, to some is our body, and our body comprises of how many senses? Five. We, our body has sight, taste, smell, fear, feel, and hear. So the enemy's ultimate objective is to cause your wound, your soul, to be so wounded that it suffocates your personality, that it perverts your character, that it causes your gifts and talents to be dormant. He understands that if I can get you wounded early, then I can have you from the womb to the tomb. Here's the problem. Many young people are too wounded to effectively worship, work, watch over themselves, build wealth, or discern, or another word, way. Many young people are too wounded to effectively worship God, worship God in their life, too wounded to actually work on their craft, too wounded to actually watch over themselves, too wounded to actually build wealth or to weigh the options in life. The enemy wants you wounded early because he knows that you are not mature enough mentally, spiritually, or emotionally to heal or deal with internal wounds or have the relational support to assist you because for a lot of us, our moms are wounded, our dads are wounded, our peers are wounded, Therefore, who can we go to to help mend our wounds? 
The enemy knows that how can I wound you in your formative years? Now, here are seven deep wounds that young people face. Seven deep wounds that young people face. Number one is rejection. They say scientifically it's been proven that if a baby feels rejection in the womb, they will show rejection in their life or a fear of rejection. That's why every time my daughter looks at me, I smile. I don't want my, it's funny, when, my, when I leave the room, my, my baby girl puts her bottom lip out. <laughs> I said, baby, I'll be right back. That ain't leaving nowhere. Appreciate you. But a child at four or five months old can feel the presence of a, their dad's attention. That's why a lot of you right now are still living life through the rejection. Some of you all felt in the womb. Some of you all felt at five or some of you all felt at 15. Another deep emotional wound that young people face is abandonment. A lot of you right now don't even know where your dad is. Don't even know where your mom is. Even if you know that they're alive and well, you don't even know where they are in this life. And a lot of you all are struggling with abandonment. Abandonment by definition means I was there and I just left you. With no, with no uh, information, without any type of uh, uh, reasoning. Some of you all, one of y'all deep wounds could be humiliation. Humiliation is when peer pressure, especially you in the cafeteria, you at a ball game, wherever it is, and someone humiliates you, that can cause a deep wound. Some young people are wounded by betrayal. You befriended someone, you thought they was a friend, but they actually was your enemy. And you, be, and you befriended them, but they end up betraying you, and now through that betrayal, you're wounded. Some of you all, or another wound that young people face is injustice. Some people was uh, uh, abused physically, mentally, emotionally, etc. And, and there was a mama covered it, auntie covered it, your dad covered it. And now you feel injustice. Like, why did nobody stand in the gap for me? Why nobody stood up for me? Another wound that young people face is being heartbroken. <laughs> That's why you got to be very careful about getting into relationships early because why are you going to give your, your heart to someone whose heart is already broken themselves? Anyone who uh, uh, doesn't understand uh, uh, whatever they experience is going to eventually hurt you in that same experience. Last but not least, another wound that young people face is loss. That means when someone passes away. These wounds are caused either intentionally unintentionally or irrationally. What this means is this, that for instance, can someone pick one out of seven? Rejection, abandonment, humiliation, betrayal, injustice, heartbroken, loss. Which one? Humiliation. So for instance, some people are humiliated and it was intentional. Like I sought after you when I woke up this morning. I said, I'm going to come after Justin and my goal is to humiliate him. Sometimes it's unintentional. Y'all going back and forth, and that person humiliated you, but they didn't even know they humiliated you. Sometimes humiliation is by, because it was irrational. Maybe you did something to humiliate yourself. A lot of us are wounded either intentionally, someone saw after you, unintentionally, it was by accident, or they wounded you irrationally. Meaning that, or we wounded ourselves because we were irrational. How many of us knew that God said not to be in this relationship or God said this ain't a good friend or you felt the leadership of the Holy Spirit saying this ain't what you're supposed to be involved in, but because you were emotional or irrational, you set yourself up to be wounded. Now let's talk about or break some things down. Now, what does your soul know? Here's the scripture I want to read today. Psalms 139. I have a quote here that says, in order for your soul to be well, 
you must know something very well. The Bible reads in Psalms 139, verse 13 through 14, it says, For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. The psalmist continues to read and says, or says, wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. Let's break this text down. It doesn't matter who rejected you. It doesn't matter who abandoned you, humiliated you. It doesn't matter who broke your heart. It doesn't matter <clears throat> who you lost in life. It doesn't matter what injustice you face. They didn't form you. The Bible says for you, you got to be in a place you say, God, you, God wants you to talk to them in a personal relation. He says, for you formed me. God formed your personality. God formed a, a, a path for you to have Christ-like character. He formed you with those gifts and talents. He formed you. And so the enemy knows the best way to suffocate your personality to make you a copy instead of living, God, living out God's originality for you or for you to get into a place where, where, where you hide your gifts and talents is for you to be wounded. He knows how can I wound you emotionally from rejection. Now you can't stop thinking about that individual who rejected you. That's why if you live for people's acceptance, you will die from their rejection. That's why, why look for someone's acceptance when you've already been accepted? See, we have to live or walk throughout life from acceptance, not for acceptance. And I understand you guys are young. I understand a lot of you all are like, man, I just wish my dad would call or my mom would call or I wish that, that I can have a community. And God said, 2,000 years ago, I paid a price they can't pay. I accept you. I love you. But if you live for people's acceptance, like I said, you will die from their rejection. But when you know you're accepted by God, it doesn't matter who rejects you, you know who protects you. He knows for a fact that if I can wound these different areas of your life, it will suffocate your, your gifts and talents. It will cause you to be ineffective. The Bible says, for you formed my inward parts. God formed your person. Listen, I understand when I was y'all age, man, I, I wanted to be a copy. You know, I, I got tired of the Christian character awards. I got tired. I wanted some uh, 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 all-team awards. I wanted to be accepted amongst my peers. But I realized that my peers are incapable or not at the mature level to really help me be who I need to be. And so right now, you got to say, you know what, God, thank you for forming me the way you formed me. It says, for you formed my inward parts. That means he formed your character, your personality. He formed the height. He knew how tall you was going to be. He knew how big you was going to be. He knew what all those different things were formed from the beginning. And it says, you knitted me together in my mother's womb. The next thing in order to overcome these emotional wounds, these soul wounds, the next verse says, I praise you. See, when you're, when you're in praise, you can't, help be, you can't help but be raised. See, you got to come out your house saying, God, I thank you. That's why the Bible says, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. What that means is I choose to be positive. <laughs> I choose to rejoice for the fact that I get another opportunity for God to show himself through me. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. God, I praise you that you made me unique. I praise you that you made me an original. God, thank you for making me who I am. That's what makes you a, a wound proof. 
Like people may try to reject you, but because you already started your day off with praise, you already know for a fact, hey, you rejected me, but God is protecting me. That no matter who abandons you or leaves, you can say, you abandoned me, but I've been adopted. It doesn't matter who humiliates you. You can stay self-honoring, knowing that, you know what, you may try to humiliate me, but I'm going to keep my hope alive. I'm going to keep walking with the things of God. You have to praise him. Praise don't mean you got to put on a song. It's, it's a way of life. It's an attitude. It's body language. It's the way you carry yourself. Saying, God, you know what, man? I thank you for life. There's been a lot of people who was born in the original but died copies. And you got to stand before God and God said, I don't make copies. I don't have copy machines in heaven. I make originals. And we sacrifice our originality to get behind or get in the order of somebody else's life. I praise you for I am fearfully. I love that word fearfully. That means God made you with respect. Before you could even respect God, God made you respectfully. God took his time with you. That's why, man, you, when you look in the mirror, there should be no doubt. There should be no self-hate. There should be nothing but self-love. There should be nothing but saying, God, man, you, you made me. God, you made me, you fearfully made me. That means God took his time. He respected every detail of you. He fashioned you, he formed you. He said, I'm gonna put that drawing in you. Don't try to sacrifice or suppress your drawing gifts or your creative gifts to compete with straight A students. Don't try to sacrifice what I made you to compete with someone that's not you. We were not meant to be in competition. We were meant to be in collaboration. We're supposed to say, how can we put our gifts together and create some kingdom advancing business? How can we come together versus competing with each other? It says that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderfully means that he made me unique. God took a step back and said, man, that's, that's good right there. I made him wonderfully. I made her wonderfully. I made her unique. That's why God said, blossom. God said, show off my glory in you. Let people see what I put in you. Let people see your personality. Let people see that Christ-like character. Let people see those gifts and talents. Let people see that you're a man or woman of standard, that you're a man or woman of morals, that you have convictions. Let your spirit shine. But when our spirit is being suppressed because it's not rooted in the Holy Spirit, how can our soul glow? How can we use witty thoughts and how, how can we create witty ideas? How can we allow our emotions to be at ease? How can we be an individual that's calm? That's why you got to say, God, man, uh, the next part said, wonderful are your works. It says, for my soul knows it very well. Is there any doubt in you about you? The number one thing I think or top three things that's hurting young people is a lack of self-love. A lot of you all potentially are walking throughout life saying, I'm not good enough. I'm not beautiful enough. I'm not handsome enough. Who's going to want me? Who's going to accept me? And God said, man, I made you one of one. Your soul, your thoughts have to know it very well. It doesn't matter who betrayed you. You got to think at a higher plane. It doesn't matter who walked out on you because you know people who, uh, what's my first point? Uh, people who reject you. And sometimes we get mad at rejection. And sometimes rejection is our fault. <laughs> we get mad at being rejected by someone that we're not even projected to be at their level. So for instance, if someone comes to me and says, I want to be a business partner with you, but you're not good at business. And now they go tell everybody that I rejected them. That's not bad rejection. That's good rejection. 
Some of us irrationally are setting ourselves to be rejected because we're trying to beckon somebody at a higher level to come down to your level and, and, and be with you. That, when that person rejects you, that's not their fault, that's yours. But some of us are going through some level of rejection where we're like, am I good enough for you? And that person rejects, but you gotta think, Hey, man, I only think on things that are good, lovely, pure. I, I think at a higher level. I'm going to think better. I'm going to create better thought patterns. I'm going to remember differently. God wants to change the way you remember. Yes, what you went through is real. The devil, the number one weapon the enemy has against us are our memories. He knows that a significant moment will create significant memories. He knows for a fact that nobody in this room can forget significant moments. So significant moments cause us to feel insignificant because we're replaying the highlight reel or the low light reels of our past and it's hindering us from making plays today. And what God is saying right now, he said, man, listen, you got to remember differently. You got to look beyond the moment. Can you look past that moment, go 2,000 plus years beyond that moment and see who paid the price for you to be who you need to be? I got to think differently. I got to remember differently. I got I to gotta focus on my God ideas, man. I, I, can't, I can't allow that wound to become infected. I can't allow that wound to become toxic. How many of you all were wounded at seven and that wound hasn't healed by, by 17? The enemy knows if I can wound you at seven, I can, I can take away all opportunities of success because God has God-given ideas in you. Generational wealth is in your hand. The Bible says a wise man leaves an inheritance for his what? Children's children, you have God-given inheritance passed down, passing down ideas. And how many of us are sitting at the edge of our beds, sitting in, in wherever we're sitting, still replaying what the devil did against us when God said, man, I'm trying to get you to go forward. God said, man, what about those ideas that I want you to create? You, so everything in his life can be innovated. Anything in his life can be altered and changed and made better to help people. But if you're still wounded, how can you? Now, how to deal. Let's, let me end here. I think my time is about it. Let me see. Uh, now, how to heal deep soul wounds to the point to where I can think clearly, I can feel clearly, I can focus on my ideas. I can gain the right knowledge in life, et cetera, et cetera. Number one spells the word, we spell in heal, H-E-A-L. Number one, you gotta be honest with yourself. In order to allow God into your life to heal those deep soul wounds to the point to where it begins to heal your thoughts, it begins to heal your memories, it begins to heal every area of your life, you gotta be honest with yourself. And you got to be honest with God. Like I told a student today, man, it's okay to cry. You got to go to God and say, God, I need your help, man. I, I'm hurting, God. I'm mad at my dad. I'm mad at my mom. You got to get that out your system. Because anything that stays settled in your soul will become toxic. And what does the main quote says? Hurt people what? Healed people heal people. So if you hurt, you're going to take that same toxicity that daddy issue, that mommy issue, whatever happened with your ex or whatever happened at eight or nine years old, then you're going to expect somebody else to heal you. That's why, man, I tell people, man, if you're not ready to compliment, you have to be completed before you can compliment. Completed doesn't mean perfect. It just means I went to Christ to be completed. God, Christ, complete me. 
You are the sole source of my life. You are my goal. You are my aim. I live for you. So then I can then compliment someone else. But if I'm not honest, how can God help me? I got to say, God, listen, man, I real talk, God. I hate my dad. I hate my mom. God, like, I, I real talk, God. I, I just don't I, don't. I hate myself, Lord. Like, like, I need to be honest. And another H, you got to ask God for help. And this is how God helps you. God's going to say, here's a time frame. Because a lot of us, we want God to heal the symptoms, but we never want God to deal with the root. So what happens is you ask God, just take the pain away. God, just, just take this feeling away. And God says, how can I take the feeling if you haven't forgiven? God's going to show you, what about your dad? Have you forgiven him? Jesus on the cross showed us the greatest display of this. He said on the cross, like, he, like, like do you understand the omniscience of the God of Jesus himself? Like, he knew who ripped his beard. He knew he was there at three, at three years old of the guy who pierced his side. Like, he knew the guy that was dealing the right hand and the guy, he knew them all. And when they lifted him, he looked to the heaven and said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Could it be that rejection, that betrayal, that humiliation, whatever, whatever was meant to help you? Like, betray me. Let me know you're not really for me. Like, like you should be praising when people betray you. Good, I know who's my real friend. Like, there comes a place where you say, God, show me the time frame. Show me who I need to forgive. Show me the root issue. And also, I got to be honest, and God will help you and say, man, the reason why you got hurt is because you had false hopes. You put your hope in that person. You thought they was your everything. When we put our whole self into someone who's incapable of being God, we, 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 no wonder we find ourselves in these situations. You can't go to a young man and, and expect him to be a husband. You can't go to a wife and expect her to be a woman, a girl, and expect her to be a wife. You can't. You're setting yourself up to fail. Like, if you don't, like, for instance, people get mad when they're rejected by a college or rejected by this, but you don't have the skills. This generation has been plagued with talking more than they have been walking. What they do is that because of social media, you can easily display how great you think you are, but we don't really know how great you are until you measure it against greatness. So I got to be honest. If I'm not, I'm only going to set myself up to be hurt again. E, how to heal deep soul wounds. I have to employ the hurt. I got I to gotta give that hurt a job. <laughs> you ain't going to live rent free in my, in my body. You ain't going to live real rent free in my soul. So I remember one time I got hurt so bad, man. I was in college. I don't know how deep I want to go in the story, but. I was dating a girl at Victory. Yeah, I know. We better get real. I went off to college. I thought she was going to be faithful. She wasn't. I got a phone call coming out of the cafeteria. Someone that went to school here said, Josh, your girl out here wilding. I said, God, man, it's the second girl that I'm a good guy, God. At least I thought, God, I was like, man, why does no one want me? And God said, I want you. And I said, God, take the pain away. Just take, take her out of my heart. Take, and you know what God gave me? A book idea. He said, Josh, go right. Purpose has a way of healing the pain. God is going to say, employ that hurt. Because now, like, like we, we get mad at God. God, why did I go through this single-parent home? God, why did I go through this? God said, man, I'm guiding you through it. Don't focus so much on why you got to go through it. Let me guide you through it so you can guide other people once you're healed out of it. 
If I never went through a single problem, if I never went through all these different situations, how can I minister to those who still stuck? So you got to employ it. Say, you know, I'm going to give this pain a job. Okay, okay, God, show me how I can heal through my purpose. Next, you got to assess the hurt. Was it intentional? Was it unintentional? Was it irrational? If you take time to really assess the hurt, you won't be hurt long. If you really say, okay, why did, how did I get hurt? So like, if you don't learn from it, you can't earn from it. You got to say, okay, God, show me every angle, open doors, breaches in my life that allowing people to reach into my life. Like, like God, show me uh, areas where I have low self-esteem. Show me so I can patch that area up. God, God, show me where I'm too loyal, too kind, too generous, too open, too available. Some of us need to give people our absence, not our availability. We're too available to people because a lot of us are so insecure. I have to have somebody. Listen, let me tell you something. There's two friends you need to be friend today. And that's God and yourself. Because when you are, when you and God are best friends and you and you are best friends, then you will be very selective when it comes to your next friends. So you got to assess, man, how did I get hurt? What doors? So God can show you, hey, man, you, your personality, that is your personality. That's how I made you. But you going to the extremes. Like for me, I, when I grew up, man, what type of guy I was? I was too nice. Miss <laughs> Cleveland, tell you, they knew me since I was little. I was just, I'll do anything. I'll be nice. Too ni- all, always nice. I'll move the tape. All this kind of stuff. And then one word I added to my vocabulary maybe seven years ago. Small little word. What's that word? No. <laughs> I kept focusing on G-O instead of N-O. I kept saying, I'll go. I'll go do it. Because I even told y'all when I played basketball here, I was taking dumb charges because I had daddy issues. I just wanted my coach to be like, good job. Way to take one for the team. So I was taking stupid charges. Because of my dad's charges against me. So you know how that can warp your worldview? Something small. Like I used to be upset when everybody else's dad was passing the ball and, and basketball, whatever, and I didn't have that. So I know how some of y'all feel. But don't let those feelings keep you from fulfilling your purpose in life. L, how to heal deep soul wounds. And please understand, my dad is great. We me and my dad cool now. That's the beautiful thing. What we'll talk about. I only got five minutes. Ayo, how to heal deep soul wounds, you have to let God's love in. The perfect love of God casts out all what? Fear. When you betray, you're rejected, or you're still with abandonment issues, humiliation, all stuff, you are afraid. You're afraid of love again. You're afraid to be friends again with someone. You're afraid to step out again. Listen, I was humiliated today in chapel. I started so bad. <clears throat> Those who did, I started, I started that thing, that started last for about 22 seconds. <laughs> I started, I said, good gracious, devil, use a lie. Loose my tongue in the name of. But I had to keep going just because I was humiliated and I started for like two thirds of my sermon. I had to keep going. So no matter what the humiliation is, you got to stand back on that stage and say, I'm back, devil. I'm back at it. And a lot of you all, you stop because your mom said that ain't going to make enough money. And at the cookout, little Johnny, look at him dance. He want to be a dancer. He want to be an entrepreneur. Look at him. You're humiliated. Now you're going to go be a doctor and God never called you to be a doctor. Let me tell you something. We stand for God. God don't care what your dad told you to do. God ain't going to care what you says. What did I form in fashioning you? So I got to let God's love in. I got to let his love in. Like God, clean out of me anything that's not of you. Last but not least, you got to learn from the hurt 
and set limits to ensure you're not unnecessarily hurt again. You got to learn from it. If you want to earn from it, last but not least, you got to limit. You got to set boundaries. Self-love creates self-limits. When you love yourself, you be like, hold on, man. Do you even qualify to be by my side? You have to be qualified to be by my side. See, my wife looked at me. I looked at her and I said, oh, do we meet the qualifications? <laughs> like, like, are we? Because I tell people all the time, like, that's why I never I call my wife my, my better half. That's dumb. She's not my better half. Half of anything's broken. She's my equal whole. Because if we unequally yoke and I'm pulling her and she's pulling me, then I'm breaking myself in the process. She's breaking. So you got to say, you know what? Hey, I got to check your resume. It's crazy. That we don't treat ourselves like Fortune 500 businesses. I can't walk in Google right now and be like, just walk into the CEO's office. You got to have a badge. You got to have credentials. Before you resume in that friendship, before you resume in a relationship, check their resume. Are they even qualified? Do they have any experience? Do they even have a history to be your friend? You got to check your work or your work history. <laughs> like, like if you're bad with relationships, you're bad with friendships, you're going to be bad all the way through. So how to heal deep soul wounds? How to get into a place where those thoughts begin to get healed, those memories, those emotions, all those areas get healed and clean? You got to be honest with yourself. The worst person to lie to is yourself, and you sure enough can't lie to God because God knows everything. And I got to be weak enough to ask God for help. In our weakness is where he's made strong or we're made strong. Next, you got to employ the hurt. You got to say, okay, I'm going to put this hurt to work. Then I got to assess the hurt. Was it intentional? Was it unintentional? Like some of us, we were unintentionally hurt. We got to be like, man, that person didn't even really mean to hurt you. Or irrational. Last but not least, you got to let God's love in. You got to learn from the hurt and set limits to ensure you're not unnecessarily hurt. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. Do you know, does your soul know how well you've been made? That's what I want you to think about. That's it. I don't know if I don't tell you that. Thank you, boss. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank <laughs> you.